Welcome back to Daf HaShavua. This week we're going to be learning Misach Sivamos Daf Kuf as we uh, finish up and conclude the Perak of Nosin Es Hanusa and uh, anticipating get ready for Perak that's, uh, that's going to be starting on uh, Daf Kuf Aleph, Ahmed Aleph, which is uh, Perak Mitzvah Chalitza. And when uh, that parak starts, we're going to be learning about all the intricacies of the mitzvah of Chalitza, what's actually done, the mitzvah of Yibum, and how uh, how that mitzvah is uh, practically fulfilled. So the Mishnah on the previous daf on the on the on Tzadi Testament Beis discussed the case where Kohenes and her Shifcha had sons that got mixed up at birth. Each child is a Suffolk, Eved, Suffolk, Kohen, and therefore both can eat Truma, the Gemara says, because one is the, suf- the son of a Kohen, and one is the Eved of a Kohen, but they receive only one portion of Truma, and in addition, they cannot be Mitzame Mace. So that was the case that we have uh, at the end of Tzadi Tes Amad Beis, and what we're going to discuss on Dav Kuf is uh, all about Suffolk Kahuna, a lot of different issues that are going to arise in terms of uh, not knowing and not uh, being sure and not having uh, full confidence in who uh, is a Kohen, which children are Kohanim, and what uh, they're going to be deserving of in terms of the Manos Kehuna that a Kohen is going uh, that a Kohen is going to deserve. So in the front of Dafkuf Amun Aleph. The Gemara is continuing the conversation about who can't eat truma at the Beis Hagranos, but can have it delivered. And the Gemara presents all of the people on the list and understands why they can't eat there. So we know that on the previous Amud, the Gemara told us that there was a group of ten people that were not allowed to eat at the Beis Hagranos, but should they want it to, should they want the uh, the truma to be shipped to them? So that would be mutter. Who were these people? So the Gemara told us that the Cheresh, the Shota, the Katan, the Tumtum, the Adrogenos, the Eved, the Isha, the Arav, the Tame, and the Nosei Isha. We're not able to eat truma at the base Hagranos. And uh, and uh, the Gemara goes into what about these things are going to invalidate them from eating truma at the base Hagranos. The Gemara then asks a question and asks why a woman who is the wife of a Kohen, why would she not be able to receive truma to be, eat truma at the base Hagranos? What is the Pagam in her uh, in her status at this point? She's married to a Kohen. She's got everything that she should need to, uh, to go ahead and to eat truma. So why wouldn't she be able to eat truma? So the Gemara suggests two possibilities. That number one, we're concerned that a Cohen's divorcee is no longer entitled to eat truma, and she's going to still keep getting truma from those that didn't know that she was divorced. So she's going to go, she's going to show up, but she's not going to be married to the Cohen anymore. And since she's no longer married to the Cohen, she's not entitled to truma, and she's not able to eat truma. So we're nervous that she's going to take truma uh, inappropriately, and uh, she's going to consume of that truma inappropriately, and therefore uh, we do not allow her to eat truma at the base hagranos itself. The second possibility as to why she can't is uh, is because of the following. So the Gemara tells us that it could lead to potential yichud problems, potential seclusion problems. Basically, we're nervous that the woman's going to be at the base of Granos all by herself. She's going to be there with a male member of the kahuna, and uh, unfortunately, uh, bad things could take place, bad things could ensue at that point in time. So we tell her not to go and not to uh, not to have truma, not to take truma from the base of Granos. The Gemara presents an afkamina between these two cases, uh, of the base Garanos, the base Garanos that is actually close by to the city, but not many people walk there. So that gets into the conversation of what's considered to be full-fledged Yichud. Uh, what's what, well, what halachically uh, are we going to define as Yichud? What are the uh, leniencies? What are the Hatirim? What are the places in which we could be 
uh, potentially lenient in the world of Yichud. Bailov Be'ir, if a person, Pesach Pasuach, Lerishusarabim, if a person has a door that's open to a, uh, a public thoroughfare, or a person's husband is in the city and it can return at any point in time. But we uh, generally tend to be machmir in issues of uh, Yichud related Shilas. And uh, over here, we're nervous that that's going to take place, and therefore she does not receive Truma. So the Gemara then goes on to discuss how and in what context the woman can receive Truma, and when and when and how she's going to receive that truma. So Ravan pointed out that when a man or woman would come before him for a din Torah, he would always try the case of the man first. And then he would try the case of a woman. So the Gemara tells us that a man has a much more expanded chiyuv and mitzos. Uh, a man has uh, as a uh, has uh, is mechuyev in mitzvah sasheshes man grama, where a woman is not necessarily mechuyev uh, in mitzvah sasheshes man grama. There are also all sorts of elements of the chiyuv of Talmud Torah uh, in terms of the differences between a man and a woman over here, and therefore uh, Rava wanted the man to get back to learning, so he tried his case first, but there was a case where he would uh, take the woman first. He would take the case of the woman first, and that's the case of having to provide Meiser Ani for a woman. So the question is, why uh, does a woman who is uh, waiting in line for Meiser Ani, why does she receive uh, Meiser Ani first before the man, whereas in other circumstances, Rava explains that he would take the man first. So the Gemara points out that we have a concept over here of what's called like zilzula, which basically means that we don't want to denigrate. We want to, don't want to disgrace. We don't want to mizalzel this, uh, this woman. And therefore, if we have her staying uh, outside waiting for uh, the Maestrani, so it would be disrespectful to her, it would be disgraceful for her, it would be beneath her uh, her dignity, it would be undignified for her to go ahead and for her to do that. And therefore, when it comes to receiving Maestrani, we give the woman first before the man uh, if that were uh, to be a uh, to be a situation, so practically halacha lemaisa. This is actually halacha that's brought down in Shulchan Aruch and the Shulchan Aruch and Choshen Mishpat in Simon Yud Beis describes that if a person has uh, a man and a woman that come to one's house before uh, to uh, to receive to collect tzedakah. So who do you give the tzedakah to first? Do you give the tzedakah to, to 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 the man or do you give the tzedakah to the woman? So based on this Gemara, the Shulchan Aruch paskins that we give the tzedakah to the woman again as a result of. Uh, uh, her lack of dignity should she have to wait outside and uh, and look like she's uh, she's Shoel uh, that she has to come to all people's houses and try to uh, try to receive tzedakah money. It's undignified, and therefore the uh, therefore the halacha is is that we give the woman at first. It happens to be there's a bracha that we say every day, the bracha of Shalom Asani Shalom Asani Isha, and there's obviously a lot of controversy surrounding this bracha. What does it mean when uh, a man says the bracha in the morning Shalom Asani Isha and a woman says the bracha of Asani Kirtzono? So Rav Moshe Feinstein in Orachayim Chelak Dalad Simon Ben writes that there's obviously no difference in Kedushas Yisrael and Shalom Asani Isha just means that a man embraces and accepts the fact that he has a few more. Mitzvos. There are not many, just a handful, six or seven mitzvos, depending on how you paskin. Mitzvos that men are obligated in, the women are not obligated in. Mitzvos that say, Shizman Grama. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and basically, what Moshe says is, there's no difference in Kedusha. There are a lot of different uh, ideas with regards to uh, a woman's Bina Yaseira and the fact that uh, a woman 
based on uh, many comments in the Kabbalistic sources, has an uh, extra level of elevated spirituality, uh, which is why a man uh, says Shalom Asani Yisha, uh, rather, uh, and all sorts, of, uh, all sorts of explanations. But this tshuva of Ramosha really describes the fact that when it comes to the Kedusha of a man and of a woman, their Kedushas are for sure equal, uh, and uh, there's no, uh, there's no uh, uh, preference in terms of the Kedusha of a man or the Kedusha uh, of, a, uh, of a woman. So the Gemara then goes on to describe the details regarding how and when Korbanos and Menachos are brought by a Kohen, and many details of the Korban Mincha uh, and uh, the, uh, the uh, Hakrava of all of uh, all of those, uh, all of those, uh, all of those things, all of those carbonos. So the, we we transition into the Mishnah, which is three lines from the bottom on Daf Kuf Amud Aleph, and the Mishnah rules that the son of a certain paternity died childless, and he survived. Sorry, uh, uh, the Mishnah on the bottom of Daf Kuf discusses a case where it's unclear which of two men are the father of a child, and hits on points that we've discussed earlier in the Masechta on Daf Mem Aleph, which was a uh, discussion that we had regarding the concept of Havchana, and how that plays into Yibum and Chalitza, when Yibum and Chalitza need to be done in such a case. So we explain there on Daf Mem Aleph that when a woman who's divorced or widowed uh, gets uh, divorced or widowed, so she has to wait three months before remarrying to be able to distinguish between the potential child of the previous uh, husband, of husband number one, or the future child of husband number two. So the mission discusses a case where a woman did not wait the three months, and uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on uh, you know how we, uh, how we look at this, seven months into the second marriage, she gives birth to a child. And what role uh, and what we do with that child and how he uh, is going to uh, go about his halachic status uh, in the world. And ultimately, the mission rules that uh, the uh, uh, son of an uncertain paternity who dies childless, he's survived by a pair of men, one of whom uh, is his paternal brother and the other is unrelated. So one of the men performs chalitza with the widow and the other can go ahead and perform yibum. And what we have over here, again, is a case of a uh, paternity that's in doubt. We don't know uh, who the father is, what role the father uh, is uh, is playing as uh, as of now. And uh, we uh, we do our best to clarify uh, as much as uh, as much as possible. So the Gemara goes on to describe uh, a few uh, of the cases in our mission. It presents a case in which 10 Kohanim are standing together and one of those Kohanim goes ahead and he lives with an unmarried woman. But we don't know which Kohen it was. We don't know which of these uh, 10 Kohanim went ahead and uh, acted inappropriately. So the Gemara describes that we classify uh, this child uh, after this, uh, after uh, after uh, his uh, his father has gone ahead and done this, so we classify this child Havlad Shituki. The Gemara says that the Vlad is the child is uh, what we're going to refer to him as is as a uh, a silenced one, and uh, what comes out uh, of this Gemara based on the Gemara and Kedushin and Daf Samachtes Amid Aleph is that a child who doesn't know the identity of his father, so he has to address any adult male as father. And when he goes ahead and when he does it, so when he speaks to a, 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 a an adult male who could potentially be the father, so the mother goes ahead and silences him. So this is what we have in Halacha is referred to as a shtuki, and uh, he's definitely genealogically fit uh, and uh, and uh, to do all sorts of things, but he uh, he definitely doesn't have a, uh, a level of vados, a level of certainty uh, in terms of what he would be allowed to do and what he would not be uh, what he would not be allowed to do. 
as uh, as the Gemara progresses, so the Gemara goes into uh, all sorts of uh, shilas that relate to the uh, the yichus and the, uh, the 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 zera of a person, and 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 how his progeny is going to uh, going to uh, uh, be able to be identified later on in time. The Gemara quotes uh, a a, a, a harasha. From the time of Avraham Avinu, that Avraham Avinu was told to go ahead and to marry Hagar, and uh, the Gemara describes this marriage and this relationship and what that would mean halachically. And as the Gemara goes through the bottom uh, of uh, Daf Kuf Amid Aleph, so the Gemara uh, tries to understand these uh, paternal relationships that are in doubt, what this child uh, would do, how he would behave halachically, what he's entitled to, what he's not entitled to, what would be considered uh, 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 hectish to him, and whatnot. And uh, that makes our through the uh, the uh, the end of Daf Kuf Amid Aleph Kuf Amid Beis uh, and uh, the last full Daf of No Sin Al Hanusa. That is Mesech Zivamus Daf Kuf.